but then you did. Well, here you go. Here's some cheese to put in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, miners and crafters? That's miners with an O. Welcome back to another episode of Curl Talk. Have you ever wished that you could have some cheese to play in, but then you just didn't? Well, here's some cheese to play in. Noah with the cheese. Gouda. Pfft, that was some Gouda cheese. Hey. <laughs> 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 I want to put a laugh track. just us two laughing. It's not like a crowd. It's just us two laughing at our own joke. All right, we might actually do that. <laughs> Are we leaving that in? Uh, yes, definitely. Oh. <laughs> so in case that made absolutely no sense, Sam was rambling again, and I just decided to hit record instead of doing my intro. So yeah. Do you want to do your intro now? We can start over. No. I'll save it for next time. Okay. <laughs> so. I'll do my other one right now. What's up, miners and crafters? That's miners with an A. Welcome back to it. <laughs> my mayor. Mine. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So, um. So, how you feeling today, Sam? I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? Uh. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. What are you looking at? Sam, stop looking into the abyss. I think I'm just now realizing my caps lock key is upside down. <laughs> it's been like that for so long. <laughs> you got these, this like set of keys at like Christmas, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> In fact, I think we should switch the top arrow key. No. <laughs> All right. Um, so, as I said in the last episode, uh, I did have a second topic for that one, and, except for we ended up just talking the entire time about um, the... We just spent the entire time doing the game... Or not the... Uh, the... Um, the thing. The awards show thing. The thing. Yeah. So, I have a fun thing to do. What kind of fun thing? A game show! Woo! I never would have guessed, even though you mentioned it like two seconds ago. Get that out, get that out! <laughs> <laughs> we just put a laugh track really over it. <laughs> um... Also, wait, before we begin, do you like my pants of a thousand pockets? We got one pocket. We got two pockets in here. We got three pockets. So that's four pockets. We got five pockets. We got six pockets. We got seven pockets. We got eight pockets. We got nine pockets. Ten. Eleven. The third. Twelve. 
We got 12 pockets. That's not a thousand. How would you like to see my pants? My pants two have pockets. 13 pockets. <laughs> One pocket. Two pocket. Whoa, that's like almost a thousand pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to play a game show? Yeah, sure. All right, nice. Game show time. Welcome to game show. Welcome to Are These Fighting Slash Beat 'em Up Games Real or Fake? <coughs> With my host, Sam. I'm playing. <laughs> I called you the host. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm the host that plays. Nice. I'm cheating. <laughs> I'm the host of hosts. Hi. Host me. Disqualified. Oh. <laughs> Not again. All right. So I've got a list of I think wait, hold on. How much how many was it again? Oops. I believe 15 questions. How dare you? And you've got to guess. Are they real? Or are they fake? <clears throat> With my host, Sam. <laughs> That was the worst burp I've ever heard. <laughs> you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. All right, so, so not very. So, as I said, a few of these are beat em up games. Uh, most of these are just like classic choose your fighter and fight one on one type games. Like Brawl Stars. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> like but, Fortnite. <laughs> But yes, a few of these are like, uh, like four people. Uh, I think one of them is even eight people. Like uh, Clash Royale. <laughs> it's just like Clash Royale. <laughs> you ready? I'm making all these references to appeal to the youngest of audiences. That was for the minors that I mentioned at the beginning. <laughs> what up, fam? Let's go. Cl- Crew. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, first question. We're so hip. (laughs) Is this real or fake? Is it five? Dang it. Was that an option? I wasn't listening. (laughs) Real or fake? Uh, Balls with a Z. A fighting game where you choose your character and fight in a one-on-one against someone else. The only problem is that everybody looks exactly the same because they're made up of a bunch of balls. Uh, And it isn't helped that this game is in 3D. The only character that actually looks like anything is the clown because of the bright colors. Wait, so it's balls with an S? With a W. Real. Nice. <laughs> yes, it's real. Um, if it didn't have a W, I don't think it'd be real. Okay. Um, that's one on the board. Mm. Next up. 
Titanic, Tale of Survival. A Titanic fighting game where you play as Brody McMahon and fight zombies, vampires, demons, and even fight the iceberg upon learning that it's actually being controlled by an evil wizard. Are the fake ones made up by you or by AI? By me. Real. It's fake. I'm so proud of you. That is a great idea. <laughs> I know. I'm super <laughs> proud of that one. That's the first idea that I had. <laughs> it just didn't seem like something you would come up with. <laughs> um, all right. Real or fake? Battle construction vehicles. A game where you use construction vehicles like cranes, forklifts, and bulldozers to deal damage to your opponent's uh, vehicles. Uh, it's 3D, and despite having an anime art style, everybody is Australian. What was it called? Uh, Battle Construction Vehicles. That's real. It's real. Yeah. If, it, if that wasn't Two real, points. that game exists, and it's just not called that. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this like, I'm um, actually, where there could just be one thing wrong with it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I um i thought they're completely real or they're completely fake yeah gotcha it's very possible that one of my ideas is Mm -hmm. at least in some way um i hope the titanic one's real (laughs) (laughs) but but i did come up with all of these all the fake ones Mm -hmm. all right real or fake them's fighting herds a game that was basically just Street Fighter, but with My Little Pony. No, this However, is fake. It's <laughs> copyrighted. Uh, however, since it's copyrighted, it became a general barnyard fighting game. Uh, it kept the art style that has original uh, horses, as well as things like cows and sheep. No, that's fake. It's real? What? <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised. I was uh, really thinking you would have actually known about that one, because it was kind of... Um, it was on, like, the front, um, like... It was at the front of the PlayStation store for a while, and I think on Steam. No, I've never heard of that. Them's Fighting Herds just sounded like a name you would come up with. <laughs> I know. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Fight of Gods, a game where you play as different gods and have each uh, other and, uh, and fight each other in one-on-one duels. Uh, have you ever wanted to play as Jesus and beat up Buddha or Santa Claus? Now you can! It's real. It's real? Yeah. <laughs> the best part about it is that if you play as Jesus, he comes down on the cross, but then rips off the sides of the cross and uses them and uses the wood as big fists. What? <laughs> you can also play as Moses for some reason. What was it called? Fighting gods? Fight of gods. Fight of gods. So I believe that's you can play as Moses. So <laughs> you can play as Moses. And did you say Santa Claus? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, the Earl of Earth. <laughs> All right, beat up boxers. Take the stage. A beat up, uh, a beat 'em up game where you can play as beatboxers or rappers. Uh, each one has slightly different attacks and levels. If you play as uh, the beatboxer, you gain uh, power through staying on beat, uh, and you can unleash a special attack through a complex rhythm game. Uh, and the rapper is mostly the same, except for his special uh, involves stringing together rhymes as fast as possible. Also, there were plans for a second one entitled Beat Up Boxers Encore. No, this is fake, but I wish it was real. It's fake? Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it away. <laughs> uh, it just seemed like something you would come up with. That's fair. I really like the name, though. Mm-hmm. Beat Up Boxers. That is good. 
<laughs> or even just beatboxers. That'd be yeah. good, too. Um, all right. Uh, we're getting into some of those strange ones now. Um, stranger ones. Uh-huh. Um, seat Fighter. A game where different chairs battle it out to become the best. Become a swivel chair and use your spin attacks to uh, and control of air. Uh, become a regular wooden chair and shoot splinters from a distance. Become a couch that doesn't do much but has a lot of health. Or even become an armchair that turns into a mech suit. This could go either way. Um, going with fake final answer. It's fake. Yeah. I really want to make this one. I think that'd be fun. Um, I really like the couch that doesn't do much but has a lot of health. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, again, very proud of seat fighters. <laughs> That's a good one. Although I think that would be copyright strength. <laughs> I mean, it's it's technically different from Street Fighters. It's technically different. Um, alright. WWE Crush Hour. A WWE game. Except for it's all in monster trucks. That's all you get. It was called what? WWE Monster Fighter? Crush Hour. Crush Hour. And this is a collaboration between WWE and Monster Truck. So. It, it's a Monster Truck game made by WWE. Real. For some reason, it's real. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I think that puts you at about... Ah, shoot, wait, hold on. How uh, many is that? I got one? all of them right. <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six. Okay, yeah, so you're at six. Out of eight? Uh, out of 15. So, like, how many have we done so far? Oh, yes, out of eight. Yay. Uh, Alright. Animal Space Battlers, again with a Z. A game about playing as different animals like dogs, cats, deer, and monkeys, uh, but it's all in space. Uh, play with up to eight players and customize your animals' looks, stats, and attacks. Uh, also, don't worry, it's not very violent, so you don't have to feel bad about chomping on a cat as a massive alligator. Real. It's fake. Oh. <laughs> when you said up to eight players, that made it seem real. <laughs> um, Alright, so, uh, six out of nine. Um, bread Brawl. A 3D game that I'm pretty sure is based off of I Am Bread, where you choose different types of bread and compete in certain challenges like a race or scavenger hunt. Uh, Or you can just fight directly, which mostly involves mashing into each other and throwing each other off the table. Uh, Also, different types of bread basically just change how you move. Not like your power and stuff. It's fake. Dang it, I should have known. When you said, I, which I think is based off of Iron Man, it seemed like that could be fake. That was supposed to throw you off. Yeah. Uh, oh, you thought that made it seem like it was fake. I thought that made it seem like it was fake, because I thought you would throw that in there to try and throw me off. Okay. 
Um, but yes, I love the idea of just I am bread, except for the fighting game. Mm. Um, Inflatality, a game where you play as a wacky waving inflatable tube man and fight by once again mashing into each other. Uh, you're rooted in place, but do have special abilities ranging from a squeaky hammer to a gross serum. Also, the final boss is a bouncy castle. Yeah, this is real. It's real. Yeah. You know about this one? No, I don't. I just, okay. it sounds real. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, 7 out of 11, I think. Yay. Out for Punch, a game about normal working people who compete in one-on-one duels to prove their job is the best. Play as a businessman who mostly uses his briefcase to attack, his ultimate move being uh, he shoots out thousands of people, uh, pieces of paper at the enemy, uh, leaving them stunned and taking extra damage from attacks. A painter who mostly uses uh, long-range paint attacks uh, and has the ultimate of carving a statue and throwing it. Uh, and obviously I don't need to explain the construction worker. If nobody wins by the end of the two minutes, there's a cutscene of them both going back to their simple jobs. It's fake. It's fake. Yeah. That's probably my favorite one. <laughs> it's good. Out for punch. Aw, that's a good one. Um, so, 8 out of 12. Yeah. Uh, Super Drink Bros, a game about being a muscular can of non-copyright soda with arms and legs and brutally pummeling other cans. Uh, you can get special powers like fireballs or gun. You can even dash and block. It's real. It's real. Yes! <laughs> What's it called? Super Drink Bros. Super Drink Bros. <clears throat> um, that would be... Um, 9.13, I believe. Yes. Taekwondo Panda. A clearly Kung Fu Panda ripoff game where you beat up generic enemies like anthropomorphic wolves and tigers. You can punch, kick, throw, and that's about it. Real. It's fake. <laughs> Alright, so 9 out of 14, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because this is the last one. Yep. Alright, and then finally... Um, Shape Up, a simplistic game about basically drawing a mech around your character and battle someone else's. Uh, it's not too in-depth, but there's a few things you can do, like add joints that can uh, manually move or move automatically. The easiest thing to do is, um, is just make a big spiky ball with thrusters and let nature take its course. What's it called? Uh, Shape Up. <laughs> I really like that one though. That that's seems like one of the most fun ones that I came up with. <laughs> so yeah, I believe that's nine out of fifteen. Not too mm -hmm. bad. Alright. So that's like more than half. <laughs> I'm really proud of those ideas. <laughs> and just good. the general idea I thought was fun of mm -hmm. uh is it real or fake? Uh the way I like found all these games and what gave me the idea is a um is a like um a top 10 channel kind of thing um that um called outside xbox that mm -hmm. uh, does a lot of games and stuff uh they were talking about really weird fighting games 
Um, okay. And uh, and they're like actually for once a pretty good. Um, technically, it's top seven. Most of their episodes are top seven. Um, but yeah, they're one of my like one of the only top ten channels that I've found that are actually pretty good. Okay. I would suggest them, but also sometimes they are a little cringy. <laughs> Um, they make a lot of bad jokes. Alright, um... We never do that. Why would you even suggest that we do? I didn't. I said we never do. No, of course we don't. Yeah. Uh... Do you have any ideas? Uh, I was hoping that'd last a little bit longer, but... 20 minutes isn't But I'm just too good. That's why I got half. <laughs> <laughs> you got more than half. If you got that last one correct, you would have gotten two thirds. True. Um. So you don't have any ideas? I do not. Uh. Unfortunately. Oh, that's right. I didn't want to do this. Want to do what? Uh, one second. Let me just make sure there's not something I want to do more. Okay. Alright, so I've got two AI ideas that I want to do. Okay. Are you. What? Sam. Sam. Yes. Sam just made a noose out of his cord and he wrapped it around his giraffe. Why? Honestly, don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, before I get to those two AI ideas, I want to talk about an AI thing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those YouTube ads that are, uh, that like the voice and probably the ad in general is AI generated? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always... It's always a complete scam. There's no way it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's almost always really gross. Like... Gross how? Uh, like showing a picture of a foot with a fungus on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... I absolutely hate those ads. Mm-hmm. Because, like, do they work? There's no way that... No way. There's no way that anybody sees, um, like... Click here for, um, like, this, um, sorry, Sam's being very distracting, playing with a noose. I am not. Uh, this, like, take this medication, like, I think it, I think the last one I saw was, like, uh, put this in your ear each day, um, and it'll, um, get rid of your type 2 diabetes in, like, one day. I'm sure. Because uh, like, we all know that diabetes is in the ear. <laughs> but, like, there's no way anybody clicks on that. There's no way. Surely they're losing money from those ads, but, like, there's so many of them, so mm-hmm. how would they be losing money from them? Mm-hmm. Super annoying. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, um, so I have two ideas that I want to do, uh, for AI. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to keep this one as a surprise. I'll go with this one first. (laughs) 
All right. Talk. I'm talking about things like cheese and how you wish you could swim through it and drink it and do other things with the cheese. Don't you wish you had more cheese right, in your life? Good. Then try ghost cheese. <laughs> ghost cheese. Delicious. As I lay in bed, I felt a uh, run down my spine as I heard a faint whisper in my ear. It said, you're not alone in this room. AI two sentence horror stories. <laughs> I'm not alone in this room. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're alone in this room. Oh, I'm just your imagination. Oh, okay. If you say so. Whoa. I woke up to the sound of my own voice calling my name from a dark corner of the room. I live alone. No, he lives alone? That's the scariest thing of all. <laughs> I just... I kind of love how it doesn't even need the second sentence. <laughs> no. How about a one-sentence order? Well, so? I, mean, I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's like... I heard a voice call from the corner of my room my name. It was John, my roommate. <laughs> he asked where the peanut butter was. <laughs> I asked him what he was doing sitting in the corner. <laughs> um, <clears throat> One-sentence horror story. Only one? Only one. I cautiously peered through the keyhole, only to uh, lock eyes with a pair of bloodshot eyes staring back at me. Creepy. Mm. Creepy. Also, is that correct? Wait, hold on. No, yeah, that's correct. Anyway. Um, how about... Uh, how about... A... Two... Word horror story. How would you like to hear the scariest story you've ever heard? Sure. Wow, this is long. <laughs> uh, you know what? Sure, let's go for it. For a two-word horror story, it just came up with eternal silence. That's kind of cool. Once in a small, isolated town, there existed a peculiar legend about a cursed pool of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> the townspeople whispered tales of a long-forgotten cheese factory that once prospered until a sinister event brought about its downfall. One fateful night, a wicked cheesemaker, <laughs> consumed by greed and envy, concocted a vile batch of cheese laced with dark magic and malevolence. 
As the moon ascended, he poured the cursed cheese into the once clear waters of the town's serene pool. The unsuspecting townsfolk, drawn by curiosity, ventured closer, only to witness the cheese pool transforming into an eerie, glowing mass, pulsating with an unholy aura. From that moment on, strange occurrences occurrences plagued the town people reported mysterious shadows lurking between beneath the cheese's surface and chilling whispers as echoed through the night air locals soon discovered that anyone who dared to consume even the tiniest morsel from that cursed pool met a terrible fate as the years passed, the cursed cheese pool became an ominous reminder of the town's darkest secret, shunned by all the most adventurous and foolhardy, but each night the pool seemed to grow, spreading its malevolence like a sinister web. In a nearby village, a brave and curious young woman named Eliza, fascinated by the legend, decided to uncover the truth behind the cursed pool of cheese. Armed with ancient books and the knowledge of seasoned elders, she ventured to the haunted pool one moonlit night. The scent of cheese permeated the air as she approached the pool, and the unsettling glow cast an eerie light on her determined face. Cautiously, she dipped her finger into the cheese's surface, and the whispers grew louder, as if begging her to turn away. Ignoring the chilling warnings, Eliza braved on, diving deeper into the cursed history. Each night she returned to the pool, deciphering cryptic texts, and performing arcane rituals to undo the cheese's malevolence. As weeks turned into months, Eliza's courage and determination grew, but so did the darkness within the pool. The cheese became more sinister, manifesting nightmarish apparitions that taunted her resolve. With every step closer to unraveling the mystery, Eliza risked losing herself to the pool's malevolent power. As the shadows of the cursed cheese threatened to engulf her, she understood that freeing the town from the cheese's grip meant sacrificing herself. In a final desperate act, Eliza channeled the last remnants of her strength and performed the great ritual. The pool trembled and the cursed cheese let out a wailing scream that echoed through the night. Slowly, the cheese pool began to dissipate, and the malevolence seeped away. As the dawn broke, the pool was no more, and the town was freed from the curse. But Eliza was never seen again. Her sacrifice forever woven into the legend of the cursed pool of cheese. To this day, the townspeople remember her bravery and shiver at the thought of ever encountering a pool of cheese again. Nice. Thank you. This is actually really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. This is my favorite way to find horror stories. Once upon a time, in a quiet and seemingly ordinary mall, a mall cop named Paul with unwavering dedication. Little did anyone know, a dark presence had awakened within the mall's depths, feeding on the fears of unsuspected, unsuspecting shoppers. As the closing hours approached, the mall became eerily silent, and mall... Bl- uh, mall Blart. <laughs> mall Blart. Is that what it says? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Paul Blart f- b- found himself alone, facing an evil force he never could have imagined. The mannequins lining the corridors came to life, their lifeless eyes gleaming with malice as they pursued him relentlessly. Paul Blart's 
one once trusted Segway malfunctioned, leaving him to navigate the treacherous maze of stores on foot, the echoes of heavy footsteps growing louder behind him. Desperate and determined, he tried to call for help, but his radio emitted only static. As he darted through the halls um, that were dimly lit, his heart pounding in his chest, he realized that he wasn't dealing with ordinary mannequins. Yeah, yeah obviously. Uh, they were possessed by the spirits of lost souls, seeking revenge on those who had forgotten them. With each passing moment, Paul Blart's uh, hope dwindled, and the horde of vengeful mannequins closed in on him. Just as he was about to succumb to their, uh, their grasp, a flicker of light revealed an ancient artifact hidden uh, in a forgotten storeroom. With nothing left to lose, Paul Lart seized the artifact and unleashed a blinding surge of energy, banishing the malevolent spirits back to the darkness from which they came. Uh, exhausted and battered, he emerged from the mall, forever haunted by the horrors he had witnessed. From that day forward, Paul Blart became a guardian, warding off the supernatural forces that threatened the sanctity of malls. And, through, and those shoppers returned, blissfully unaware of the supernatural battle that had taken place. Paul Blart would never. Er, uh, Paul Blart knew that the mall would never be truly safe again. That sounds great. Why is there always a secret artifact in the mall? <laughs> I don't know. It's. It's just something Paul does. Protect secret artifacts in his mall. Yes. I'm gonna read this one, but just until the twist. <laughs> okay. Is it boring afterwards or something? I don't know, it's just long. Okay. <laughs> in the heart of a bustling city, an old abandoned department store stood as a silent witness to the past. But behind its dusty windows and forgotten shelves, a sinister secret lay hidden. A collection of mannequins, each one more unnervingly lifelike than the last. Late one stormy night, a group of curious teenagers, like you and me, decided to explore their eerie store, seeking thrills and adventure. As they ventured deeper into the darkness, the mannequins seemed to watch their every move with glassy, unblinking eyes. As the air grew colder, the whispers of forgotten souls echoed through the empty corridors. The teenagers tried to brush off the growing unease, attribu attributing the strange occurrences to their overactive imaginations. In the heart of the store's mannequin collection, they stumbled upon a grand, lifelike figure, dressed in an impeccably tailored suit. Unbeknownst to them, this was no ordinary mannequin, but none other than the enigmatic entrepreneur, Elon Musk, <laughs> trapped under a malevolent curse. <laughs> After the, as they jokingly posed alongside the figure, the chilling realization dawned upon them. The mannequin bore an uncanny resemblance to Elon Musk. <laughs> Laughing nervously, they dismissed it as a coincidence, <laughs> until the mannequin's expression seemed to shift ever so slightly. And we'll stop there. Because, wow. <laughs> pretty long too, but I think it's going to be worth it. Once upon a time- Oh my gosh, wait, what? What? <laughs> What? Tell me. Okay, wait. I'm. Oh no! Go back. Sarah, no! I lost it forever, Noah. We'll never know how it ends. 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to end this way. Why were you so engrossed by what happened after? Because I think the teenagers got turned into mannequins. Okay. Once upon a night, in a world much like our own, something strange began to happen. It started subtly at first, with a few odd occurrences of cheese appearing where they shouldn't be. On street corners, in living rooms, and even sprouting from the ground. People were both amused and bewildered by this cheesy phenomenon, but they had no idea what was coming. As days turned into weeks, the world's transformation accelerated. The ground beneath their feet turned into a squishy mass of cheddar. Buildings crumbled under the weight of Gouda, and rivers flowed with molten Swiss. The air grew thick with a pungent scent of blue cheese, suffocating those who dared breathe. Desperate attempts to escape the dairy nightmare proved futile, as the very fabric of reality seemed to warp and melt with each passing moment. The once vibrant cities became grotesque sculptures of cheese, trapping the terrified inhabitants within their gooey embrace. People's bodies morphed into cheesy forms, their, fr um, their flesh replaced by mozzarella, their bones turning into a hard parmesan. Their screams echoed through the cheesy wasteland, blending with the cacophony of bubbling fondue and crumbling brie. No corner of the world was spared from this dairy curse, and humanity's existence became an, an eternal torment of cheesy horror. And as the world melted away, the only thing that remained was an endless expanse of cheese stretching into infinity. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm excited to know what this one's going to be. This next one? Yeah. I don't know yet. Hmm. Right. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I'm not sure what to do. I want to do at least one more. I've got it. I've got one. Once upon a moonless night, a group of friends gathered around a flickering campfire in the heart of a dense, eerie forest. They loved sharing scary stories to send shivers down each other's spines. Among the group was a young woman named Emily who was a diehard fan of Mr. Beast and his philanthropic endeavors. As the night grew darker, one of Emily's friends began a tale of a cursed treasure hidden deep within the forest. According to the story, the treasure granted unimaginable wealth, but it came with a terrifying price. Anyone who dared to take the treasure would be cursed for eternity, haunted by malevolent spirits. Emily listened intently, but her eyes sparkled with excitement. She had no... She had an idea of forming in her mind. Unbeknownst to her friends, she had recently discovered a mysterious journal that supposedly contained clues to the location of the cursed treasure. Ooh. Ooh. 
Days passed, and Emily couldn't resist her curiosity. She embarked on a solo journey into the depths of the forest, determined to find the cursed treasure and prove that even in horror stories, good deeds could triumph. Guided by the journal's cryptic riddles, Emily finally stumbled upon the hidden treasure chest. Trembling with anticipation, she reached for it. However, before she could touch it, an ethereal figure appeared. The embodiment of the curse. The ghostly apparition warned Emily about a dreadful consequence of her actions, but was surprised by her response. I don't want the treasure for myself, Emily declared boldly, being the age of an old woman. I want to use it for good, just like Mr. Beast does. I'll dedicate it to helping those in need, spreading joy, and making the world a better place. The spirit paused, taken aback by Emily's selflessness and old age. It had been centuries since anyone had shown such compassion in the face of greed. Intrigued, the spirit decided to test Emily's resolve. It laid out a series of challenges, each designed to push her to her limits. Emily faced countless trials, enduring physical and emotional hardships. Through it all, she remained steadfast, refusing to back down. The ghost saw the true strength of her character and admired her unyielding dedication to making a positive impact. Finally, the spirit relented, granting Emily access to the cursed treasure. But there was a twist. The curse itself lifted. In that moment, Ella, Ella, Emily's, Emily's heart filled with joy as she realized that her compassion had broken the curse. As word spread about Emily's extraordinary feat, Mr. Beast himself caught wind of her inspiring story. Impressed by her determination and her intention to use the treasure for good, he decided to collaborate with her on a grand charity project. Together, the, they organized a massive fundraising event, combining Mr. Beast's expertise in making a difference with Emily's newfound cursed treasure wealth. The event attracted millions of viewers and raised an unprecedented amount of money for various charitable causes. From that day forward, Emily and Mr. Beast became a force for good, leaving a legacy of compassion and kindness in their wake. The unexpected partnership proved that even in the darkest of stories... A twist of selflessness could lead to a bright and hopeful ending. Nice. I like it. I, I, th like it. I think that's good. I think this will be a good one to end on. Okay, let's go. Um, at least for this specific topic. Okay. Um, I might have one more. Okay. Uh, this isn't a horror story, but I think it's pretty good. Mm. Once upon a time, Paul Blart, the dedicated mall cop, embarked on an unexpected adventure. His path crossed with the legendary Ogre Shrek, <laughs> as they both sought to find a mystical genie rumored to grant any wish. With their hearts filled with hope, Paul Blart and Shrek set out to, on their journey, traversing treacherous forests and scaling uh, towering mountains. Along the way, they encountered all sorts of challenges from uh, mischievous fairies uh, to riddles posed uh, by talking trees, but their determination remained unshaken, driven by the desire to fulfill their deepest desires. After days of tireless pursuit, they arrived at the mystical cave where the genie was said to reside, um, expecting an otherworldly 
uh, being they were taken aback when they found Mr. Beast sitting cross-legged <laughs> on a pile of gold coins oh. surrounded by cameras and cheering fans. Mr. Beast grinned and welcomed them, explaining that he had taken on the role of the genie to spread joy and make dreams come true. Paul Blart and Shrek were initially perplexed, but soon realized the significance of this unexpected encounter. They understood that the genie they sought was not a magical uh, being confined to a lamp, but the power of kindness, generosity, and making a positive impact on others. In that moment, Paul Blart and Shrek knew their wishes had come, already come true. They had found the true essence of the genie within themselves, to bring happiness um, help others and make a difference in the world. With newfound purpose, they joined forces with Mr. Beast, combining their unique abilities to create a chain reaction of good deeds and spread positivity far and wide. And so, Paul Blart, Shrek, and Mr. Beast set off on their new adventure together, not just in search of wishes, but to transform the world with acts of kindness surprising those in need, and bringing smiles to countless faces. Their journey became a testament to the power of compassion and the magic that lies within every person, proving that sometimes the greatest genies are the ones we find in ourselves. <laughs> That's quite the story. I can't believe that we both put... Uh, like, I only put Mr. Beast in mine after you said Mr. Beast because I was trying to think of who to put uh, as the genie. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love that both of our stories uh, that we put Mr. Beast in ended with, like, um, them saving the world with kindness. Because he's just so kind. He's such a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing can be bad about Mr. <laughs> Beast, apparently. Go. Here we have one last horror story. Actually, I thought of, I thought of one that might be good. One second to last horror story. But listen close and listen well, for this will be an interesting story. In the dimly lit woods of Forsaken Hollow, a chilling presence lurked among the shadows. It was a creature unlike any other, a grotesque amalgamation of nightmarish features with eyes that glowed with an eerie luminescence. This enigmatic being had no name or purpose, wandering aimlessly, as if searching for something it couldn't quite comprehend. One dark and stormy night, a group of curious travelers stumbled upon Forsaken Hollow. <sniffs> Unaware of the lurking horror, they set up camp near the creature's domain. As the storm raged on, they huddled together, sharing ghost stories to pass the time. Unbeknownst to them, the creature had an unusual ability. It could sense the thoughts and emotions of those around it. As the travelers spun their tails, the creature's consciousness began to awaken, and with it, a disturbing realization unfolded. It was a character in a story. The creature's mind whirred with confusion, unable to grasp the nature of its existence. It had been written into being, its every move dictated by unseen hands. The concept of being a creation gnawed at its core, an existential horror that defied its monstrous form. D driven by an insatiable desire to comprehend its existence, the creature cl drew closer to the camp. Hidden amongst the storm's fury, it listened to the traveler's words, learning about its role in their horrifying narrative.
The more it heard, the more it resented its mere existence as a literary construct. With a newfound sense of agency, the creature decided to con con confront the travelers, to make them understand the suffering they had unknowingly inflicted upon it. Its glowing eyes pierced through the darkness, and the camp fell into an eerie silence as the travelers realized they were not alone. One brave soul, Samantha, stepped forward, her voice trembling but determined. What are you? she asked cautiously. I am an aberration of words, the creature replied, its voice echoing through the hollow. A creation birthed from the imagination of <coughs> an unseen writer. A character in a story without freedom or purpose. The travelers exchanged bewildered glances, struggling to comprehend the creature's cryptic words, but Samantha, who had a writer's heart, began to understand. You're saying you're aware of your own existence, that you know you're in a story. The creature nodded, its unsettling features contorting as it spoke. Yes, it terrifies me to be trapped in this nightmarish existence bound by an author's whims, its fate... It's a fate worse than death. In that moment, Samantha felt a sense of empathy for the creature. She knew that the power of storytelling and the impact it, would, it could have on its characters. She had the ability to change their fate, to free them from their torment. But could she alter this narrative and set the creature free from its own horrors? As the storm raged on, Samantha made a life-changing decision. With the might of her pen and imagination, she rewrote the story, giving the creature its autonomy, its own destiny. She granted it the freedom to escape the confines of Forsaken Hollow, and the horror of being a puppet in someone else's tale. With a final resolute stroke of her pen, the creature's form shifted, no longer bound by the writer's hand. It stood as an entity of its own, free to explore the world beyond the confines of the story. As the creature faded into the night, Samantha's heart swelled with both relief and sadness, knowing that she had changed the course of the creature's fate. From that night on, the legend of Forsaken Hollow spread far and wide, but it took on a different tone, a tale of a creature that broke free from its scripted nightmare and wandered the world with a newfound self-awareness. And in the heart of that story, Samantha's compassionate act was etched, a reminder of the power of words, the horrors of realization, and the liberation of finding one's own narrative. Nice. I like it, but it was supposed to be a story of a creature that slowly realizes it was written by AI. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> I like them both. Yeah. Alright, so I've got a really long one here. Uh, that seems pretty good. Mm -hmm. It won't take forever, but it is pretty long. Um, and I tried to make it, write it a bit shorter, and it's extremely short. So, do you want to hear the long one? Sure. I think it'll be pretty good. Once upon a time, in the depths of a forgotten forest, a sinister doppelganger of Mr. Beast lurked, known as Mr. Darkness. Uh, while Mr. Beast was famous for his acts of kindness and generosity, Mr. Darkness revealed, uh, reveled in causing pain and suffering, delighting in the misfortunes of others. 
with his chilling smile and piercing gaze. Mr. Darkness could lure unsuspecting individuals with promises of wealth and fame, only to subject them to his twisted games. Uh, he would orchestrate horrifying challenges, forcing his victim into unimaginable acts of self-destruction, all for his sadistic amusement. Word spread of Mr. Darkness and his malevolent deeds, striking fear into the hearts of those who had once idolized Mr. Beast. People began to question their own intentions and the true nature of their desires, for they knew that the line between good and evil could be easily blurred. One fateful day, a young man named Alex found himself ensnared in Mr. Darkness's web. Desperate for a better life, he had fallen victim to the allure of the evil philanthropist. Uh, Alex soon realized uh, the true nature of the game he had entered, as Mr. Darkness commanded him to perform unspeakable acts, pushing him uh, to the brink of his sanity. Haunted by guilt and the torment of his choices, Alex sought a way to break free from Mr. Darkness's grasp. He embarked on a perilous quest to find an ancient artifact said to possess the power to banish any malevolent entity from existence. As he delved deeper into the darkness, Alex encountered other lost souls who had fallen prey to Mr. Darkness's manipulations. Together, they formed an unlikely alliance, united in their determination to defeat the embodiment of evil that was Mr. Darkness. Their journey was riddled uh, with nightmarish trials and sacrifices, as Mr. Darkness taunted them at every turn, but Alex and his companions refused to succumb to despair, fueled by their unwavering belief in the triumph of good over evil. In a climactic showdown, Alex faced Mr. Darkness, wielding the ancient artifact as uh, his only hope. The battle between light and darkness raged, unleashing a storm of malevolence and redemption. Ultimately, it was the power of compassion and selflessness that prevailed. As the artifact unleashed its final burst of energy, Mr. Darkness was consumed by uh, the darkness he had sown, vanishing into oblivion. The forest echoed with a sigh of relief, and the world began its slow healing process. From that day forward, people learned to be wary of the temptations that lie within their desires. They understood that true acts of kindness and generosity should come from the heart, not the pursuit of personal gain. And though the memory of Mr. Darkness lingered, it served as a reminder of the eternal struggle be between good and evil. The tale of um, the evil Mr. Beast became a cautionary legend, reminding humanity of the importance of empathy, integrity, and the choices we make in the face of darkness. Pretty good. That's pretty good. It's just insane what an AI can do at this point. Yeah. Alright, well, it's pretty close to time. I did have another AI idea, but that's going to take too long. Yeah. So. Save it for the next one. Yeah. Got any corny jokes for us? Well, I mean, it's not an hour just yet. What are we going to do? I can probably find something else. What are we going to do? Um, here we go. Have you heard of the Colorado mur murder horse? No. AKA Blucifer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why blue? Uh so um 
Here we go. So this is uh, the Colorado murder horse. Why is it blue? <laughs> Uh, so this is a fairly famous statue um, from that. Okay, so uh, somebody made this statue of a blue horse, and its eyes, for some reason, glow red. Oh. I don't think it was supposed to be creepy, but they glow red. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it's had a airport or something so it might be to like light up the area um but the thing about it is that well here let me here i don't know the exact story so let me see um yeah okay uh that's what i thought so it's notable for its striking appearance and having killed its sculptor when a section of it fell on him at a, at the studio. Huh. So, yeah. I mean, just look at this thing. It has veins. Why did they give it veins? I don't know. It's scary. I would, I would suggest anybody look this up. Um, since we can't really show it to you, it's very funny. Uh, and definitely scary. Yeah, I'm not sure what the point of it was. Um, (laughs) apparently it's 32 feet tall. What? (laughs) That's huge! Oh yeah, look, those are like fences at the bottom and stuff. Huh. Huh. (laughs) So yeah, no wonder a section of this thing killed its creator. Yeah. So yeah, um, now it's forever known as Blucifer, the murder horse. It sure is. The actual name is Blue Mustang. Hmm. But nobody calls it Blue Mustang. Huh. Um... No, never mind. What? 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 Wait. What? Okay. Um. So, this is a little inappropriate. Does Lucifer have balls? Does he? Um, apparently he was in some, like, adult um, animated comedy or something. Oh. And that's what it's referring to. So I have no idea if the statue does. I'm assuming not. Hmm. But why? Why did anybody ask that? Why is that in, like... Uh, people also ask questions. <laughs> but yeah, this thing is very strange. Yeah. Something strange. Alright, so you don't have any jokes? I don't. Um. But I'm sure I could find one. Went to a seafood disco. <laughs> 
yeah, I don't have any other jokes. So. Oh, don't worry. I've got a joke. Okay, wait, no, I don't. <laughs> Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why did Shrek bring an umbrella? Wait, what? One more time. Why did Shrek bring an umbrella? Why? Because he thought it was going to be Ogrecast! Hey. Hey. Why uh, did Mr. I... Beast go to the zoo? <laughs> Why? To see if he could beast friend any of the animals. Hey. Hey. So the, the actual funny thing about this joke is that I was thinking about doing a joke about Mr. Beast like you just did, <laughs> and I accidentally wrote, tell me a joke about Mr. Shrek. <laughs> um, that doesn't make any sense tell me it wait no these literally make no sense tell me it okay uh, why did Elon Musk become an entrepreneur why because he wanted to musk his way to success. <laughs> hey! Why did Elon Musk start a car company? Why? Because he wanted to Tesla his innovative ideas into reality. <laughs> why did the tomato? Uh, why did the tomato turn red? Why? Uh, wait. What? Was it embarrassed? Wait. What? Okay. I. I specifically wrote, tell me a joke that doesn't make sense. And this and, one makes sense. And it makes sense. <sighs> it's the really dumb because it saw the salad dressing uh, joke. Why did Elon Musk want to visit Mars? This is a good why? one. Because he was space excited to explore new horizons. Hey! <laughs> That's a good Elon Musk part. It's... Uh, I'm copying that. I'm sending it to Cameron. Cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> I've been texting her for four hours, and now it's just this. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be the best thing you can send someone. <laughs> Why? Apparently the AI doesn't know how to not write a joke. <laughs> so it just added something to the end of this joke, 
Why did the chicken cross the playground? Why? We already did this one to get to the other slide. <laughs> but it's just... But then on the end, it's just tacked on. But then it realized chickens can't slide, so it just stood there confused. Aww. <laughs> Um. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> um. Here we go, this is gonna be a good one. <laughs> Sorry, this isn't even a pun. I said pun about the Pope playing Undertale. <laughs> and this is what it says. When the Pope played Undertale, he exclaimed, Holy smite, this game is truly a testament to determination and mercy. <laughs> and I just like the idea of the Pope saying that while playing Undertale. <laughs> Alright, so I I like the idea of the Pope going, holy smite. I wrote, tell me a knock-knock joke about my friend Sam. And now it doesn't make any sense. Yay. Knock-knock. Who's there? Salmon. Salmon who? Salmon says your friend Sam is awesome. <laughs> it, I expected that to go somewhere else. I'm not going to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to. Bye. <laughs> All right, how about this? Knock, knock. Who's there? Noah. Noah who? Noah better way to sail through life with than with a positive attitude. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with anyone named Noah. <laughs> Alright, uh, why did Sam bring a ladder to the bar? Why? Because they heard drinks were on the house and they wanted to make sure that he could reach them all. Uh... It's not a joke about my friend Sam, it's just a joke that involves the name Sam. Well, to be fair, it doesn't know me. Well, yeah, but like, surely it could have done something more. Maybe. Alright, let's do one more. Uh, hmm, what can I do? I hope you have one because this is going to take a minute to write. I do. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Curl talk. Curl talk who? Curl talk to your hair. It's got some fabulous secrets to share. Why did it rhyme? <laughs> <laughs> it started writing a poem. I'm going to force this AI to make a joke that doesn't make sense. Go for it.
say, why are you messing with that now? Because I'm waiting for you. We've got a podcast. <laughs> Sam, I, I think that was while we were doing the podcast, Sam took apart his fans open because he wants to spray paint it. And now he's just continuing to try and take it apart because the like wiring is hard to take out. And I don't think he should because he's definitely not going to be able to get the wiring back in there. Hmm. That's what you think. Alright, here's the joke. Yay. Why did the da dancing ducks invite the muscular plant to join their performance of the macaroni dance? Why? Because they knew they had the stems and the moves to bring some serious spud tato to their routine. I did it! It didn't make sense! Yeah, that made literally no sense. Good job. I wrote, tell me a joke about dancing ducks in a muscular plant doing the macaroni dance. Yay! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> hey. Here we go. Anabolic. Anabolic Beats, you know who it is. It's Curl Talk, back at it again. That was a pretty good joke that Noah just told. The one that didn't make sense? Yeah, you know it, yo. Here we go, we're rapping, we're doing the flow. And that's okay, cause we're pretty cool, dough. <laughs> we're making some bread. I love bread. Shout out to Tad Strange. Here we go, and we're still rapping, we're doing it again. Not Gravity Falls, cause we're not Alex. Alex. No, we're just not Alex. <laughs> Neither of us are named Alex. No. Are you named Alex? I used to be. In oh. Prison. <laughs> no way, me too. <laughs> we were both Alex in prison, that's crazy. Here we go, we're still rapping, you thought we were done. Just kidding, we're not, because we're drinking water now. Gotta stay hydrated. Go drink some water. <laughs>